Good morning, my brothers and sisters. Welcome to episode 50. We're in the final greetings of Paul to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. Let me read it. Um, it is verse 11. Finally, brothers, finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all, period. That's the end of 2 Corinthians. And he's giving six charges as he walks out the door, as he closes this letter. He starts with brothers. Remember, everybody, we're in the family of God. I've talked for 13 chapters about some conflicts and some rebellion and, you know, some difficulties, but... Primarily, we're brothers and sisters. And even though that there's some rebellion against authority and rebellion against sexual morals and knuckleheaded use of, of fellowship, we are supposed to be on the same team, brothers and sisters. So here's one of the first charges, rejoice. I like that because he's saying, hey, let's, in spite of all this war footing that we're on, let's keep the main thing the main thing. The gospel is good news. And... Uh, there's some hard stuff underneath this banner, but the banner is one of grace and being chosen in God's pursuit. So let's let's not forget that God's been good to us. All right, so then he starts with his kind of his list. He says, the first one is aim for restoration. So I was thinking about my bike tires. They have this goo inside. They have a uh, outer tube and that rides onto the road. And when it gets a hole in it, there's goo inside. And the goo theoretically, you know, if you run over a little nail or something, jumps into the hole and heals itself. And you just keep riding. You don't even know that you ran over a, a nail. It's like a self-healing thing. The tires assume that there's going to be injury. And so there's this restoration process that they have ready to go. And that's what he's saying here is uh, every every single brother and sister, we're all in a battle and we're supposed to be on war footing. And some people are losing the, the battle every once in a while, and some people are, are at risk. And this is a, a a lesson. This whole book has been a lesson. Is what do you do when you're disappointed when with the church authority or church leadership or choices that you've made or just sick of yourself? The goal here is, he says, just a couple of verses before this, he says, don't do wrong and do right. Well, here's the thing is, is there's a process in between there, and that is you're going to have to be restored. So he's he's saying is, let's have this process ready to go. I want to build you up. I'm not supposed to be tearing you down. And just the reality of this strikes me today is, have you ever been to a church, a fellowship? Just assume you're going to be with knuckleheads. That just That's people. And then here's the sobering part is you might be one of them. You might be this guy and gal that needs to be restored. So we all start from doing what is right in our own eyes, right? And then we move towards doing what is right in God's eyes. And it's a messy process sometimes. So we're supposed to aim for, imagine if the church was set up to aim for division and scattering and and grudges and revenge and rebellion. What a horrible place it would be. No, Paul says, hey, let's aim for restoration. Let's aim for self-healing. 
let's assume that people are going to be injured and do the wrong thing uh, and treat each other poorly and look at authority wrongly and look at their sexuality wrongly uh, and not want Jesus to be the boss of them. Let's just assume that and let's make a restoration process and let's let that be one of our goals. All right. The next thing he says, the third thing he says is comfort one another. And I just love this too. This is hard. Assume people at your church are having their toes stepped on. And so who needs comfort? And I would shorten the question and say, who in your church can you think of that doesn't need comfort? Because that list will be a lot shorter than the list of who needs comfort. So go find those people that need comfort and do something about it. Uh, The fourth thing, agree with one another, he says. And uh, I I go to a church that's about 50% Democratic and 50% Republican. We've been in uh, election season right now. And so you'd think that our church would be one big political fight. Well, the point is, we agree with one another on the main thing, which is above all Republican and Democratic politics, We agree on the one thing, and I just love this about uh, my church. He says, live in peace. And think about this. If we're warring with uh, each other, then we're not warring with the enemy. So if we have 100 units of energy, we should be directing it towards the energy rather than fighting one another. So as long as the church does not live at peace with itself and wars within itself, then the real enemy that we have laughs. His strongholds, they continue to stand. His arguments are not refuted. Um, His thoughts are not taken captive. That's all from chapter 10 of 2 Corinthians. And then the final thing he says is kissing. That is, the church should be characterized by warmth and affection. And the question I would ask is, who are you joyful to see? Who are you happy to see when you come to church on, on, on Sunday? The church should be one of warmth and grace and and acting like, you know, we've been saved. So his conclusions today, finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. Greet one another with a holy kiss. This is a great conclusion to the book of Corinthians. I pray all those things for you and for your church and and for your heart. Thanks for listening.